Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you are joined this morning by myself, Lawson, and sitting across from me at the table, we have none other than my good friend, Brett. Brett, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, really good, Lawson. How about you? Oi, I'm so well. Like, I'm I'm so well, I'm good, I'm happy, I, uh, I've taking my first steps this year to to get into my studies. I know there's, the semester hasn't started yet. It's uh, it's about a month away, but I was in the library yesterday, actually with uh, Nikita, who was on the breakfast show this morning. Okay. Like, we've, we're both students here at Avondale. You're a student here at Avondale. We're all here at yeah. Avondale University. Uh, and, yeah, Nikita and I, we did the breakfast show, and then we went up and went to the library and just started studying and just, just getting it done, getting nice. it prepared nice. for for this semester. So I, uh, yeah, I'm uh, like, I I got some, some kind of some tough subjects this semester. So I'm like, okay, get into it, get it done, live my best life, do all those things. Good idea. Yeah. Some preemptive study. I probably should do the same. Yeah. Yeah. That's (laughs) right. Well, I mean, you know, coming, like I'll be studying full time this semester, but also Mm. like here on the breakfast show and, you know, just other responsibilities and whatnot going on. So I just need to really, uh, really, really make sure I'm ready. I think that's, that's the best that's the best way to go about it. Yeah. How about yourself? Like, what what do you what do you get up to when you're not here? Uh, well, look, I'm sort of a stay at home dad a lot of the time. So, I, uh-huh. I, um, yeah, like yesterday was altogether too many tea parties with two little girls, a four year old and a three year old, which is not my favourite way to pass the time. But uh-huh. they love it, and that makes it so worth it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been doing a little bit of um, I've been uh, brushing up on my Greek actually, yeah. which has been interesting, and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, otherwise just trying to get myself back into that headspace, doing a little bit more reading yeah. and trying to get back into scripture. Reading the Apocrypha. I've been reading Maccabees. Uh, oh, okay. Started doing that as a bit wow. of an interest project. That is so yeah. interesting. Like Maccabees as a book of very interesting window into the sentiments mm. and the feelings of Jewish people leading up to the time of Christ. But yeah. obviously <laughs> not inspired. No. Well, coming up in today's show, we are going to be talking about snowboarding. We're going to be talking about swimming. We are going to be doing an amazing interview with an overseas contact we have. Uh, we're going to have Bella Rose on the show talking about all things relationships and continuing our Bible study in the Psalms, singing a strange, or well, the Lord's song, I should say, in a strange land. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are joined by myself, Lawson, got Brett in the studio as Uh well. Of course, producer Shell doing the producing, as usual. Uh, amazing role and and sometimes speaking up which i really enjoy i really i really like it you know shell has some really insightful things to say so oh, hopefully, she does. hopefully we can hear her voice in the during the show today at some point at some time you know she can speak up on a on a talk Silence. hey not now Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show, and we are going to have our first quiz question for today, guys. You need to remember that every single day, Mm. we have a draw. We're spinning the wheel, not just on Friday, but every single day. That includes today. So, guys, you need to get ready to answer this question. Give it to us, Brett. Will do. All right. The first question is, in Romans chapter 9, Paul said it is not those of physical descent who are God's children, but the children of 
Watt. Mm, so okay. That, yeah, the children of Watt. Yeah, Romans 9, got a reference there. You've got a, mm. got a place to investigate. We usually say if you're a regular church attender, maybe stay out of the Bible, use that brain of yours. Yeah. Don't, don't stop reading the Bible. Like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing we could do more than encourage you to read the Bible. But mm. to answer these questions, if you're not a regular church attender or maybe you're really new to church, mm. we would give you that liberty to maybe look up Romans 9 and yeah. to have a look. What, you know, what a, what, uh, those, like Paul said, it is not those physical descent who are God's children, but the children of what? Mm, what are we memories. the children of? 0491-064-669, guys. And if you answer that with the correct answer, you go into the draw to win Ivor Myers' The Atheism Prophecy. We've got this book here, as well as An Amazing Voice in the Martyrs calendar. Mm. Both of these prizes Incredible, particularly this book as well, The Atheism Prophecy, how Christianity fueled atheism mm. and talking about the divide between those two groups and how how their divide and their tension and their contention between one another has, has just made them grow in their fierceness of their ideology and, mm. and whatnot, but also how God speaks to that. 0491-064-669. Brett, before we get into your news, mm. uh, Wayne writes in and he says, Good morning, Lawson and Brett and Shell. Blessings. Quick question. At the end uh, of this scripture, it says that, you know, we'll live forever. What does that mean? I was thinking now that sin has come into the world, all is revealed, and now sin will be erased forever at the second coming, and we live forever. What's your thoughts, please? Now, Wayne, I'd love to tell you, because I do have thoughts on this, Mm. but we are going to defer this to question of the day, which is happening at 5 p.m. today. We've got the Shell Show, you know, coming up this afternoon. <laughs> you guys have to tune in for amazing music and segments. But a part of that, of course, Lyle Southwell doing Question of the Day. This question will be on there mm. and it will be answered. So, guys, tune in then. Wayne, tune in then and you'll hear mm. an answer. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. Brett, what is happening in the world of positively different news? Well, this one starts with a bit of bad news, but ends with a bit of good news. So this is actually a story from yesterday. Okay. Yesterday afternoon. Fresh news. Yeah, pretty like breaking news right Mm -hmm. here at Faith Mm -hmm. FM. Mm -hmm. Um, So basically, uh, in Sydney at 4.30 p.m. yesterday, um, there was a stabbing. Oh. So a a 48-year-old woman was um, stabbed by a paint scraper with up to 12 wounds to her head and upper body. Um, luckily, none of the wounds are life-threatening, but it was still pretty severe. Yeah. You know? D- is there? Do we know motivations? Do we know the culprit? Yeah, well, as is often the case with um, these breaking stories, some details are a bit um, slim, but what we do sure. know is that the man was known to her, and we uh, do know who that man is, though his identity has not yet been revealed to the yeah. public. Okay. Um, but where there's a bit of good news is, um, you know, a little bit of a faith in humanity story. We're still mm. seeing a little bit of good because, um, you know, places like... Like the big cities, sometimes you know everybody's going about their business. They're all yeah. just walking around. But in this case, there were some good Samaritans who intervened, mm. which is really really cool. So there were three brave good Samaritans who ran after this man as he tried yeah. to escape, and they actually conducted a citizen's arrest. Wow! Yeah, you don't see much of that these days, do you? No, praise God, they need yeah. to. Like that. That is awful. I couldn't like end up with a paint scraper as yeah. well. Yikes! You got to like, be using a bit of force to do that. Yeah, you know, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, but you know it's really cool that like. 
faith in humanity, honestly, that there's yeah. still people willing to, rather than just, oh, I don't want to get involved, they're getting involved, they're trying to help this person, and they're trying to make sure that the, the, the guy doing the stabbing isn't getting away. Yeah, I, I feel like the beginning of this story is definitely, like, it'll rock your faith in humanity. I'm like, yikes, mm. you know, whereas I think uh, as as the uh, as the Bible says, uh, goodness is stronger than evil. And in this particular case, mm. uh, these people had decided to do good and to do something about it. Now, it's fantastic yeah. to also know that this woman isn't dead. Yeah, no, she is. She was taken to hospital. Mm. Um, no further updates as yet, but... The injuries were non-life-threatening, so yeah. she's probably a bit sore, but she is okay. Um, and, yeah, these guys these guys were able to both look after her and hold down the mm. dude. Um, There's a direct quote, get down and don't something move. Yeah. They, they weren't necessarily using the most polite of language to hold yeah. this guy down, but uh-huh. they, did, um, they did keep him on the ground. Um, there's a little bit of footage out there on the internet, apparently. Mm. Um but yeah, it's pretty cool. Apparently, they um, these three guys all ran at him and rugby tackled him to grab yeah. him in the first place. Yeah, um, as they like, as yeah. they should, you know. And that's a decision that you make before that particular thing starts. You know, yeah. like, like you need. I, I feel like just to to instantly react and to say, okay, my my reaction to this is I'm going to tackle this person and take him down, and you know, make sure that that justice can be served mm. here. Like. That's a decision that you make beforehand, and that's a decision that we can all make. It's something that like has been commented a lot about um, shootings in the U.S., like mass shootings when yeah. they happen. And I remember we saw we we reported on a story. I believe it was last year or the year before. Of it was a shooting in a in a Taiwanese church. It was like a, a Taiwanese church in the United States in California, mm. and there was only one casualty. Yeah, like wow. the gunman walked in with like two fully loaded guns ready ready to wow. shoot out the place and there was only one casualty and that's because there was this old man this like 80 year old man who noticed and just ran at the guy yeah. and was like like i am like he had made the decision beforehand it was split second mm. i'm going to defend these people here and he lost his life unfortunately mm. but he literally saved the lives of like mm. uh, there was about 100 people in the church like yeah, well. that could have been catastrophic yeah yet a decision that he had resolved in himself beforehand to like defend the people around him. And, mm. and I think so for these guys, these rugby players, like seeing this unfold, they're just like, no, like we, we can't let this happen. And yeah, that's, and that's beautiful. Like, it is great to see that side of humanity still, mm. you know, it's like, there's still some of that creative impulse towards good that God mm. gave us. Yeah, absolutely. Towards rightness. It's not like, obviously we're still corrupted by sin. We're still fallen beings, but mm. You know, we're not lost yet. Yeah, <laughs> there, there is some enmity between us and Satan, you know. If, yeah. we were, if humanity was fully given over to sin, I don't know these guys' spiritual status, but mm. if we were fully given over to sin and, and there was no hope for us, like, I can imagine a circumstance where they just see that happening and go, oh, well. Mm. But no, like, they wanted to do something about it. That's yeah. Be, that's amazing. Which is awesome. Mm. Yeah. So, in other news, um, another bit of a sciencey one. Uh, okay. We've got um, something. Researchers have recently found that... Um, People who basically do more cardio, mm-hmm. um, the technical term used is men who increased their annual cardiorespiratory fitness activity. Okay. Um, but basically more cardio exercise. Um, if you increase that by 3%, mm-hmm. apparently you're 35% likely, uh, 35% less likely to develop prostate cancer. Okay. So there's, there's this running theme, isn't there? The more science finds out, it's like it's catching up to this idea of good health. Yeah. Actually has running impacts into all sorts of different things, including, mm. it would seem, prostate cancer, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Like, we've often found that, like, 
lifestyle choices. Mm. And, and, you know, prostate cancer is, is one thing. And maybe not all cancer, but a lot of cancer, it's like, oh, well, it's it's inevitable and it's something mm. that we can't necessarily change. But what we're finding here is in cases like this, like something like prostate cancer, which mm. for many people, they're like, oh, is, is there anything that really affects it? It's just oh, one in however many men yeah. are going to face a just scare chance. with this or whatever it may be. Mm. But they're like, oh, wait, no, if you just live a positive, beneficial, healthy lifestyle yeah. it, and 3% mm. increase of exercise, like that's, it's like nothing. It's not a whole lot. That's no. that is like so little. Like yeah. I'm thinking, what? How many minutes is three percent of my day? Like, yeah, like nothing. And I mean, unfortunately, these things can often still be chance. But the fact that mm. there's even a significant reduction, like for three percent extra activity, thirty five percent less chance. Like yeah. that's that's a bet worth taking. You yeah, know? <laughs> a, those it's, are good um, odds. Like yeah. those are fantastic odds. And, yeah, and it's inspiring as well. You know, it makes me think. Hey, let's. Let's let's get out there. Let's yeah. uh, let's get exercising. Let's get it done. I mean, it's something. Oh, after Christmas, like you know, I, I always go on a big time eating Christmas yeah. dinner, bro. I'm 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 big right now, and I'm feeling it. But uh, <laughs> like you know, bigger than I normally am, and I'm like, oh, I need to get back in. Mm. You know, get some sweat dripping down my forehead. Get you know, one foot in front of the other, that kind of stuff. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. We are going to have our next quiz question. Yeah, so this is question number two, and it is a fill-in-the-blank question. So the verse that we need to fill in the blank of is, For God is in heaven, and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be something. Yes, What's if the something? you know the answer to that one. Yeah, so just to read over it again. 0491064669, get that for yeah, us. Yeah, just to remind because it's a bit of a tricky one. For yeah. God is in heaven and thou upon the earth, therefore let thy words be something. Yeah, kind of, if we could if we could distill that verse into, this is a bit of a hint, guys. If we could distill that verse into maybe like some succinct, succinct words, it'd be like, Quit yapping, basically. Mm. You know, something something along those lines. Hey, if you know the answer to that one, zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. If you know the answer, you will go into the draw and it, well, if you know the answer and you text us, you go mm. into the draw to win the atheism prophecy as well as we have an epic calendar that we're giving away as well. Mm. This calendar, Voice of the Martyrs calendar, you know, based on and like lots of beautiful pictures and whatnot from the work that they're doing around the world helping persecuted Christians. So again, that number zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. For God is in heaven and thou upon the earth. Therefore let thy words be blank. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Hey, there has been some news that has come out, Brett. We talked yesterday on the show mm. about how uh, UNRWA or the uh, the United Nations Relief and Works Agency had terminated 12 employees because they had participated in the Hamas terrorist attack. Wow. So, wow. so and because of this, like despite the crisis right now in Palestine, mm. like 60% of their funding had been cut, like wow. from the likes of Australia, the United Na- uh, the United States, the UK and Germany and mm. Canada and whatnot, they had cut funding from UNRWA because they were like, oh, like, mm. yeah, well, like you have staff that's participated, that participated in the attacks. Uh, so they, they fired those staff and uh, there was a number of commentators at the time saying like, oh, we need to turn the tap back on for UNRWA. Mm. Uh, UNRWA isn't like a, a conventional uh, 
conventional charity in the sense that everyone gives. It's more of a government supported thing. It's yeah. like a lot of different, uh, a lot of different governments that are part of the United Nations funnel money into it. And so these twelve uh, staff were fired. But mm. now, like, and just this morning, they've released a report that actually, um, so there was there was twelve staff that they terminated. Mm. But out of the twelve thousand staffers in the Middle East area, mm. twelve. Hundred of them, one thousand two hundred of them had links to Hamas. Wow! And were were not only linked to Hamas, but were involved in some way in supporting the terrorist attack to happen, and potentially had pre knowledge of it. Wow! From a relief agency, that's from some insane. A relief agency. Yeah. A so UN this wow. this is massive news, and I'm like mm. looking around, and I'm trying to find like like. The BBC mm. isn't reporting on this. Like there are the you know CNN isn't reporting on this. This yeah. is news that has kind of been swept on the under the rug. Yeah. And I'm starting to wonder why. Well, I'm interested actually. I just had a look at the headlines myself, and both the Guardian and Al Jazeera. Admittedly, um, Al Jazeera is a, a, a Qatar. I believe it's funded by Qatar. Yeah. And um, the Guardian is a more sort of left leaning yes. uh, uh, website. Um, and that, of course, leans towards Palestine support usually. Mm. But both of them are sort of saying, well, why why are they cutting funding? These organizations are needed in the area. Yeah. And it's like, well, wow, maybe not if they're complicit in taking hostages. In, yeah. In, who knows what's happening to those hostages even like, now? Like, I almost start to think, you know, is this is this a racket? Like, yeah. is this, is this, did they have a terrorist attack so that wow. they could receive more funding? Mm. Uh, but, okay, I, I wouldn't lean as much into that. I more think that there are people that are staff on... Yeah. these organizations that then have those ideologies and, yeah. and would support the, you know, quote unquote, like the liberation of Palestine. Yes. And to be fair, like people working on the ground there, they're probably seeing some of the, some pretty tough stories. And yeah. hundred percent. And, and we yeah. don't share this to, to give like a, and we've said this on the show before we are, uh, we're in support of peace. We're also mm. not Zionists. You know, we're not, we're not supportive of the, the, the push towards an Israel Israel state from a religious perspective, mm. from a political perspective, simultaneously, we're also like, it's not worth the conflict, it's not yeah. worth the bloodshed and whatnot. But it's also crazy, to, like that as a as a headline uh, mm. that that yeah, twelve hundred of their staff, not around the world in that mm. particular area have all been linked to Hamas, have yeah. all been supported. Like, yeah, it's it's interesting. And I guess this is an ongoing story. We're going to leave this here and, and see yeah. how it develops in the future because happens. it is just growing and growing and growing. And again, the, they, they had fired, they had terminated 12 staff. Yeah. And they were like, okay, <laughs> turn the taps back on, guys. And then this next report comes out. Oh, actually, it's not 12. It's 1,200. That's yeah. insane hectic as we'll see where this goes in the future hey i wanted to talk about this morning about leah thomas now mm. leah thomas has been a and that name has been involved in a huge story that has unfolded over the last uh two years you could say mm. regarding competitive swimming in the united states uh mm. particularly leah thomas and riley Gaines. they have been the two big names of this particular story mm. uh riley Gaines was a well, and he was a, a female swimmer, but also a you know at the collegiate level, mm. and had a run-in with Leah Thomas, who Leah Thomas was a uh, a swimmer, a male swimmer on the men's team for the University of Pennsylvania mm. before uh, transitioning and becoming a woman, mm. and or you know claiming claiming to be, to be claiming woman. to be a woman, yeah. and then joining the women's team and participating at the national collegiate level, mm. uh, where Leah Thomas 
set a bunch of records and mm. won a bunch of trophies. And there was a bit of a dispute that happened because you know, they tied, uh, uh, Leah Thomas and Riley Gaines tied in one of the races. Mm. And they decided to give the trophy to Leah Thomas in an act of, oh, well, this will give us good optics as pro LGBT mm. people. And then this, that blew up into a story of yeah. you know, back and forth in court and whatnot as mm. well. It even got to Congress and the Supreme court and whatnot. So yeah. it was a, a big topic. Now, Leah Thomas has come out uh, with uh, the thing. Actually, the, the interesting thing about that story is that there was never really many claims made by Leah Thomas or her camp. Mm. It was just a lot of receiving criticism because it's, you know, why is a biological yeah. male competing in women's sport? You mm. know, and I think that is a very valid question. I think that the answer to that question of, of why is there really, there really is no reason. I, I don't think that it's valid or it should be done. I don't think that it is really fair or not mm. only, not only fair in a competitive sense, but also fair to women. Mm. I think that it creates a situation in which there's there's actually two categories. The the two categories in sports used to be men and women. Now mm. it's men and co-ed. Yeah. Uh, because like women simply aren't and won't and cannot compete in the men's division. Mm. And that's because of the obvious biological, you know, yeah. divisions. You know, I, we don't say that to to say that like women women are terrible or women suck mm. or whatever. Like there, mm. every, every member of the women's collegiate swimming tw- team would beat me at swimming. Mm. Um, but, but, but yeah, yeah, for a biological, like collegiate level swimmer, t- male to compete against females is wrong, is bad. Now, Leah Thomas has come out uh, with a lawsuit against the world aquatics um, and international, like swimming, the world aquatic mm. federation, a lawsuit about a policy that they have just passed to ban trans athletes mm. at the Olympic level. Yeah, their so optics thing didn't work, did that, it? They've had to backflip. That's right. They backflipped mm. and they, they banned trans swimmers at both the uh, the the world championship at the Olympic level. Mm. They said they had a, a summit in Fukuoka, Japan last year mm. and they were like, okay, what do we do about this? And they were like, look, I guess the solution is that this this can't happen. It's obviously not fair. Yeah. And so they kept the two categories separate. Now, the president of the World Aquatics Federation and Association, uh, he had made a comment saying, oh, we are working towards making a, a mixed category mm. or, or an open category so that trans people can compete and still identify with their gender. But simultaneously, mm. like... We need to keep the women's category for biological women. Mm. That that's just the way it is. That's the way it goes. That's what we want to do because it keeps the sport fair and it keeps yeah. the sport interesting. And like I just, I there's not for me anyway. Like as someone who watches the world final for swimming <laughs> at every single Olympics, mm. uh, and I like I keep up with it. I keep up with swimming every year. It's just a sport mm. that I'm into. Uh, like I would become totally disinterested if all of a sudden like the women's category was just infested with men yeah. competing. I'm like I have no. And I'm, it undermines. In many ways, that women struggle for rights over the yeah. years. Like women's swimming exists as a separate league to give them that chance to compete. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's, there there has been a, a lawsuit now from Leah Thomas's side. They're suing mm. um, the World Aquatic Federation, saying that this is an blatant act of discrimination. Yeah, uh, that this is hurtful <laughs> to trans people, uh, and that they shouldn't have this standard. And so again, this is an ongoing story. We'll see mm. where this ends up. Uh, but let us let us know what you think about mm. this particular topic. Um, men can or you know, biological males competing in women's sport mm. and what the outcome of this should be. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Brett, mm. if you could get for us our next quiz question. The next question's a brief one. It's how many brothers did David have? 
Yeah, simple there, yeah. guys. You need to King send David. in an answer because we're having our draw today. Every single day we're having a draw. Send an answer in. Mm. But yeah, how many brothers did David have? If you know, yeah. 0491. Zero six four six six nine. Right now we have an interview with Bella Rose. This was one that we recorded a little bit earlier because they're from the United States mm. and they they called in from over there. But yeah, enjoy this interview now. You're listening this morning with myself, Lawson, got Nikita at the desk as well, and we've come to our interview section of today where we have on the phone uh, Bella Rose calling in all the way from New York City. Absolutely, yes. I'm so excited to be here and, and really grateful to be talking to the all the Aussies over there. Um, <laughs> good day, mate. Is that, is that how you say it, Yeah, yeah. You know, we appreciate the attempt. We appreciate the attempt. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a solid try, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Have you been to Australia yeah. before? I haven't. No, not yet. Hey, man, this, yes. it's time. It's time. Like, it's Australia. <laughs> it's, it's great. Well, right now it's summer. It's a, it's a great, great, uh, great period of time over here. But, um, hey, look, get over, just get over here. It'll be awesome. Now, what's your background? Uh, what, where, where are you from? Absolutely. What are you doing? Yeah, yeah. So, Bella Rose and I, uh, I work with marriages. Um, really, we work, uh, we're a training and coaching program um, where we, we work with husbands and wives that have been in stale marriages for maybe decades um, or even they're on the brink of divorce okay. and um, really to help them train on either side to get to a place where it's fun and warm and loving again. And ultimately, you know, this is all Christ-centered work. So mm. we believe that you can do God's will better when you have a great marriage. Mm. So that's our goal. Yeah, absolutely. Both of us here in the studio this morning are unmarried, um, <laughs> but we're, we're definitely like uphold that ideal. And we're, we're like, yes, marriage is a fantastic representation of God's love and mm. good marriages. Uh, furthermore, help us to, yeah, fulfill God's will. So we would love to, to know and get some perspective from you then on how it is that you, you know, go about your work and, and give us some advice and some insight in making marriage relationships strong and, and powerful for the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And to clarify, I would say a good marriage versus a bad marriage, not a good marriage versus singleness. So yeah. <laughs> singleness can also be an awesome following the Lord's will. Amen. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the thing that we really focus in on is the differences between men and women are so, so dramatic. And, you know, the, the Bible is so clear about the wonderful giftedness of being a male or being a female. And they're so different, unique, but truly wonderful in that. And so what we have is this, the let your marriage framework, which is really focused in on what does a woman need to feel fulfilled in marriage. And so for that, it starts out with safety. So emotional safety, physically safety is, is an obvious, but emotional safety, listening to her heart, understanding who she is and caring about her emotions. Because we mm. see that in the person of Jesus, always making others safe, but especially women. He would protect mm. the women. Mm, he was yeah. kind additionally to the women. So that's the first one is safety. The next one is being known. Women really want to be known for who she is, that she's unique. She's unlike any other woman in the world. She wants her husband to just have eyes just for her mm. and really just care about her, know the depths of her personality, her passions, her likes, her dislikes. Mm. That's what she's craving. Mm. And then that final thing is wholeheartedly cherished. That's the third one, wholeheartedly cherished. And that's the the romance of... Uh, 
you know, every chick flick you've ever seen where he's pursuing her and he brings her flowers and chocolates and her favorite, uh, yeah, whatever it is, you know, that's mm. the really, she wants the prizes. She wants to know that he thought of her. Not that he mm. necessarily has to spend a bunch of money. It's just so clear that he thought specifically of her. Mm. And, um, and that's the wholeheartedly cherished that, that she really craves in a marriage. So those are the three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those points are really interesting. And I think that, and I think you're going to raise the, the, the certain things that men, men feel, uh, in, in maybe hmm. that are, that are different or the, the three things that men need when they're coming to mm-hmm. a relationship. But I'm hoping as well you can give us some insight in how each different, uh, sex can cross that gap as mm. well because it's like if we're mm-hmm. accustomed to to wanting or desiring to receive a certain kind of love it can be right. difficult i'd imagine for the person you know, to to give a different kind of love to someone else uh and so yeah. yes. i think i think it's so and I, i'm assuming that's where you guys do a lot of work is coaching and informing people that hey there is a different way to go about this than maybe you're accustomed to or that you know and you need to do it ultimately to keep marriage healthy. Exactly. Yes. And it, and it's not automatic. Most of us didn't have role models mm. to teach us these things. Mm. Most of us, you know, even if we did have great parents and, and they were um, in love, I mean, that's, that's kind of few and far between. When I ask people to raise their hands, if they had their parents as good role models, like they would want the marriage that their parents modeled pretty infrequent that we even have one person in the room raise their hand. Um, so yeah, we really, we really just need trained. We just need to be trained on this because automatically men and women are going to think differently. And that was God's kindness to put us together. So we mm. get outside of ourselves. Wow. We have to grow in our yes. character to meet the other person mm-hmm. in the way they receive love. Yeah, absolutely. Now let's get into men. What, what, what's their deals? Let's do it. What's, what's their let's problems? Do- <laughs> what's their issues? <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's so important. I mean, and the first one you might have assumed because it's it's biblical, but respect is the first one. And what that means, I used to think that I was respecting my husband and sorely I was mistaken, um, <laughs> which I found out after uh, all my attempts of controlling him and mothering him and telling him what to do and critiquing him and complaining and all those things just weren't speaking respect to him, believe it or not. Mm. Um, mm. But Ultimately, that, that's what he wants. You know, I, I fell in love with him, and he was a full-grown adult male that could do everything he could do in life all by himself. But suddenly, when I got married to him, I thought, well, he needs to be perfected in all these ways, and I need oh. to tell him all the things I think. <laughs> Whoa, deep. Okay. Oh. I, I, I love how honest and transparent you're being, Bella. Thank you so much. You're, you're welcome, yeah. Yeah, so, so you, you had that moment of like, oh, man. And, and I guess you've learned through through training and through growing and through realizing and seeing like that respect that they're craving, yeah, isn't necessarily coming from a place of being told what to do, but really, like, how how, how do you manifest that healthfully now, like that respect? Mm. Because at the same time, like mm-hmm. in a marriage, you are a team, you are trying to work together too, and mm-hmm. I think there is you can bring the best out of each other and you can give each other advice. But what does that look like in a healthy sense, like sure. respecting him, but furthermore, like like showing him respect, but also you know, being there for him and helping him to go. What does that look like? Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, and so I think respect is not 
meaning that, oh, I don't have a voice in our marriage and he makes all the rules and all the decisions and, you know, I just follow him around and I just kind of am his servant. That's not what I see it as. It's, mm. it's more of this is a need for men. Like this is a um, just like I need to feel attractive. I want mm. him to be um, attracted to me. That really matters to who mm. I am as a woman. And in the same way, he needs me to respect him. So I'm not going to interrupt him, talk over him, speak down to him, belittle him. Um, And the thing, unfortunately, is, is that we women, often we live in a culture where that's normal. And Mm. we have all over our media, men, um, you know, women being the smarter one, and they're making fun of the male who's just this buffoon, he's such Mm. an idiot. And it's just on our like, stories and we think it's so funny Mm. and it's unfortunate because um we we have an epidemic of fatherlessness and Mm. it's not funny Mm. we we can't be treating our men this they don't want to stay around when they are treated badly um because it's really it's it's a self-esteem issue if they're treated badly so um so yeah i think i think we have to be careful in, in the same way that we don't want you know, women to be oppressed, that's certainly not the goal, Mm. but we have to just realize this is a, this is a very legitimate um, way that he was designed with Mm. this need. Okay. So we see respect here, a very important tenor. What's, what are the other aspects? Yes. So the second one is admiration. Um, So it's, it's kind of respect is like, don't disrespect him. And admiration is a little bit more like be his cheerleader also. Mm. Like, remember that, this world is hard for, for men, uh, as much as it's a, not kind of the normal refrain right now. But the truth of the matter is, um, I want men to lead. I want, I want to look around a church, a healthy church, and have really solid men that are kind and of character and love the Word of God. And, and you know, and, it, and it's hard right now. And too frequently, our churches are filled with women. Mm. Um, looking for men, looking for good men. And, um, (laughs) we really, as women, we get to lift up our men. We get to say, I see this in you. Mm. You're amazing at this. It doesn't matter what those other guys, da, 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 you are this way. And you get to look at that man's strengths and you get to say, this is what God designed in you. And that's what we as women, we have no idea the amount of impact our words have towards our men. So true. We have no clue. So (laughs) true. So true. I see memes and it's like, it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, uh, it's just comparing men and women regarding compliments. And it's like, oh, he didn't say this about me today. I wonder if he doesn't like me. And then it's like the man, like, she called me, she called me toned three years ago. And I'm still like relishing in that, <laughs> like, stuff like that, you know? It's like, it's, it's huge. Like, you know, at that, that level of admiration, it's not just like vain compliments, but it does go a long way for men to feel like, and, and I think both sides, like you said, women want safety and security i think for both sides to feel secure men feel secure mm-hmm. in that that level of like okay i yeah. feel secure in this because i can see that this person admires me mm. uh yeah it's it's cool it's really cool all right mm-hmm. what's, what's our mm-hmm. final thing what's our final point i know for men yes well w- probably since families and such would probably be listening i'll just i'll just say it's wholehearted um physical intimacy yeah. and uh and the point is that this is a gift and um, a good thing that the lord gave us mm. and designed us and the bible is very pro that mm. um it's very specific that this is a wonderful part jesus even said for this reason man and woman would be united into one flesh and we're not mm. talking you know 
the same dish towels. It's very mm. clear. There's one thing we're talking about. Mm. And, um, and I know as a, as a woman who grew up in, in the, in Christianity, it was very hard to understand that that was not just good, but something to have freedom in and something to, to move towards and love and enjoy. And I think that's, that's something that we women get to recognize the value of and, and put that as a priority in our life, whether it's an innate, immediate physical desire as it might be for our husbands, but to really recognize this is a priority because this is the way God designed unification in Mm -hmm. husband and wife. And so, um, we focus a lot on that at Delight Marriage because that's really, um, it's really not spoken about enough in a, in a godly way because this is really the unifying factor between a husband and wife. And so we really lean into that and, and try to give as many resources as possible around it. Mm, amazing. So what I'm picking up here is that if men can make women feel safe, secure, and desired, and if women can make men feel... Uh, if women can make men feel respected and admired, then you have good marriages. Mm. That's like we're ticking boxes. We're kicking goals. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll clarify it just a little bit. So safe, safe, known, wholeheartedly cherished yeah. for the, for the women. So yeah. men for women and then for women to men admired, um, respected and wholehearted sexual intimacy. Yes. And it, there it is. Those are the happiest marriages out there. <laughs> I'm sure, like, and, and <laughs> given your background and your work in this, I'm like, I'm sure there's so much more that it can go into, and and there's you know mm-hmm. resources and whatnot that you're providing and to to help and coaching to get people into that. But from the outset, like, it, it doesn't mean that it's easy. But it's not necessarily complex either. It's like, hey guys, like these are the these are the points. Like let's, you know, kick hit these marks every day, kick these goals, tick these boxes and 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 actually spend yeah. that time with each other and I think you'll you'll get there. Which is yeah. super encouraging in a, in an era where, you know, like I, I come from divorcee parents, um, divorcee remarried mm. parents, and 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 you, you know, I see around me all the time, like people going through those kinds of issues. Yeah. You know, in, when I was growing up, and more so now, with the the very much a continued decline in in marriages staying together, and it's really actually hopeful to know that God has given us some simple ideals and advice, and He's designed us in a way that if we can hit these points like um, marriages can actually be a blessing oh yes they can they can absolutely turn around and heal mm. i mean and, and to your point Lawson, it really we in our programs we have checklists <laughs> it yeah. is check boxes did you do this did you do this? because you're you're right it really it doesn't have to be um I think a lot of people think that if they look deep enough inside, they should be able to figure out how mm. to be a good spouse. And it's not, you You don't look inside. You've never been taught. You've never been mm. trained. Yeah. How in the world do you go out into the world thinking uh, confidently about becoming a spouse when you have had no training? And in fact, the most role model you've had have been that, whether it's movies, yeah. <laughs> dramas, or your own history. Mm. Absolutely. It's a very interesting concept because it kind of just is like a mind map and then it grows and it develops the relationship in that prospect there in a way where it's a choice you make, which is what love is in the end. You choose to 
please your partner to meet their standards of this is what makes me feel loved and we're really wired very differently because if women stay around women consistently we're just like oh yes give you flowers chocolates we'll vamp you up girl we'll get you there and then with the guys it's just like oh bro come on (laughs) (laughs) yeah i i I love everything that's being shared here look we just have a minute left is there anything that you want to leave us with bella yeah, if there's um, couples out there that, uh, I guess there's two thoughts. Couples, long-time couples, maybe it's been many decades, and you're just like, I, I don't even care what my spouse needs as far as what you're saying, because I am so hurt. You, you have no idea how badly my husband or my wife has treated me. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to know that two things. One, there is hope. Mm-hmm. There is absolutely hope for things to transform regardless of how far gone you have been. And the second thing is when we look at the picture of Jesus, he specifically says, if you do not forgive others, I will not forgive you. Mm. And so often we take that and we think that has everything to do with every other person, but not our own spouse. Mm. And so I just want to invite you to remember Jesus. He wants you to forgive that person Mm. that he entrusted to you as a husband and a wife. And from that place, When you unburden your heart with all the past and the misery and the pain, you actually can see a hopeful future. But it has to start with that forgiveness. Mm. Now, Bella, we're here in Australia. You're over in New York City in the United States. Obviously, a bit of physical distance between us. But is there a way that couples over here listening to the show can get help from from you in, in the U.S.? Yeah, absolutely. Our coaching programs are completely online. Everything we do is online. Um, I've actually had several uh, clients from Australia, which has been so fun, which is unfortunate that I haven't mastered your accent, but one of these days we'll see. Um, <laughs> but yes, otherwise we have a top-rated podcast um, uh, called Delight Your Marriage, and they can just listen in for, for stories of hope and then practical ideas. So delightyourmarriage.com, you can get all the resources there. Hey, if you guys need anything as well, you can text us at 0491-064-669. We can send through uh, some of those links to you guys as well. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.